On today's Locked on Jayhawks, we preview the Kansas-Iowa State game. I'm Derek Johnson. You can hear me as well on Rock Chalk Sports Talk Mondays through Fridays from 3 to 6 on KLWN. Thanks for making Locked on Jayhawks your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. On today's edition of Locked on Jayhawks, we preview the KU-Iowa State game. Of course, you can hear that game tomorrow on KLWN with pregame at 1 o'clock, kickoff at 2.30 on KLWN or 105.9 KISS from Lawrence. Today's episode is brought to you by Underdog. Sign up on underdogfantasy.com with the promo code LOCKED ON and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. So KU takes on Iowa State tomorrow. The Cyclones come in at 3 and 1 on the season. They have their, I guess, marquee win over Iowa in a 10-7 ugly game against an Iowa team that has one of the best defenses in the country, but also one of the worst offenses. How good is Iowa? Are they like a 6-7 or win team? Are they like a 9-win team if the offense gets better? I don't know, but clearly that was at least a solid win that Iowa State has so far. Outside of that, an FCS win, win over an Ohio team that isn't supposed to be too good this season. Um, So, totally kind of in the dark a little bit on how good Iowa State's start is and then it's the same thing with the Baylor game like we think Baylor's going to be good they kept it close to them uh, I know Bill Connolly's like ESPN SP plus thought that the game should have been even closer than it was so are they good did that show that or is you know Iowa State just kind of a middling team we don't totally know at this point in the season but the one thing we do know is Iowa State has kind of been the blueprint program I think for what you're looking for KU to do. Obviously, Iowa State was a team about a decade ago that was only winning two or three games every year. And then Matt Campbell came around and really raised the floor of that program to where now they are winning six, seven, eight games. I think they won nine games a couple years ago in the COVID year en route to uh, playing in the Big 12 championship game and winning the Fiesta Bowl over Oregon. And when you look at what they've done well, they've been a well-coached, disciplined, fundamentally sound, like all the cliches that you would hear about a well-coached team, that's been Iowa State. They don't make mistakes. And I think that in a lot of ways for Kansas, you look at, hey, we have this budding fan support. We have uh, this program that is just waiting for a winner. We're trying to improve all our facilities and stuff. And, we are not going to have, you know, all this four and five star talent. We have to win with less. Like there are certain lessons that can be had from what Iowa State does. Now for this matchup specifically, they couldn't really be more opposite in terms of what one team's strength is versus the other. Like with Iowa State, they're super multiple defensively. They play three down linemen. With KU, they play more of a base defense, right? And KU offensively, that's the strength of the team. Iowa State's defense is the strength of their team. And then the other end is maybe more of the quote-unquote weakness of the team. So, like, they're a little bit opposite in that way. And that's kind of the big matchup of the game. It's KU's elite offense versus what has been a really good Iowa State defense so far and a defense that's very unique in how they play. Overall on ESPN's College Football Power Index, Iowa State is 47th in offensive efficiency, they're 22nd in defensive efficiency. They allowed 10 points in the opener. They allowed seven in the second game, 10 in the third game. So not giving up big totals. And again, albeit we talk about the schedule, that was an FCS team, Ohio and Iowa, which overall is a good team, but based on just offense is like playing an FCS team at certain points. They did give up 31 to Baylor last week. Baylor had under three yards per carry. If you look at 
just running back, like non-sack yards per carry, it's closer to three and a half. That's still not great, especially for a Kansas team that wants to have success running the football. Baylor did find a lot of success in the air in that game, though. So after Jalen Daniels just threw for over 300 against Duke, maybe an opportunity for more of the same against Iowa State in this one. KU, meanwhile, a little less balanced than Iowa State, but again, it's they have one unit that is definitely better than the other. They're second right now on that ranking of the College Football Power Index from ESPN on offensive efficiency. They're 78th on the defensive side of the ball. And side note, which maybe we'll do something on this next week, KU is 17th right now in special teams efficiency, which that's certainly interesting for a team that hasn't really been good at special teams lately and is certainly important for trying to make up small margins when you're not maybe as talented as a Texas or Oklahoma. Can you do those little things well? Iowa State, though, is led by Hunter Deckers at quarterback. His first year as a starter, taking over for Brock Purdy. He had different times when he would come into games if Purdy got banged up or whatever. He's a talented quarterback. He's shown some high ceiling. He's completing over 70% of his passes. He's been really good at the short, kind of zero to 10 yard passes over the middle of the field as most quarterbacks are but he's really excelled at those he's not super mobile but he does have the ability to run he has been a little bit turnover prone so far in the season he's tied for first in the big 12 amongst quarterbacks in interceptions so maybe an opportunity for Kansas to grab some there but overall he's a pretty good quarterback still you like Jalen Daniels if you're picking between the two quarterbacks Xavier Hutchinson is a game breaker on the outside for Iowa State you just can't be you know, torched down by him. If he has 90 yards, if he has 100 yards, that's not ideal, but you can live with that. You can't have a game where he goes for 200 and three scores and just takes over the game. He's on pace for over 1,200 yards this year and 15 receiving touchdowns. He's been fantastic so far this year after coming back for another year, and I'll be interested to see how KU kind of goes about defending him. We saw, obviously, with Bryce Ford Wheaton against West Virginia, he kind of torched the KU defense. How can they do against Xavier Hutchinson? Also of note for Iowa State offensively, uh, they like to play a lot of tight ends, kind of like KU. They don't have that that high-end talent guy like maybe they did last year with like a Charlie Kohler, but they like to play a lot of tight ends and ask them sometimes to body out defensive backs to make contested catches, so that'll be kind of interesting to watch for in this game. And the running back's been pretty good for Iowa State so far. It hasn't been you know game-breaking speed or what Brees Hall did in his last couple years, but he's been really solid for Iowa State on that end um, as well. I do wonder like, how much should the previous meetings and last year's meeting matter when you're trying to prognosticate what should happen here because there's a lot of the same players on the field for both teams, more so for KU probably than Iowa State, albeit both teams have a lot of newcomers. And Iowa State romped KU last year. 59 to 7 was the score. It was never a game. Iowa State jumped up 28 to nothing in the first quarter of that game. It was never competitive. The year before it was 52-22 and really outside of that 2019 meeting in Ames when KU nearly pulled an upset, they ended up losing 41-31, but it was a one-score game till Iowa State put the game away with a late score. The average score outside of that 2019 game since 2017 has been Iowa State 46, Kansas 8. So this has not been a matchup that you have done well in. It's maybe not quite as bad as what the Baylor matchup has been over the past decade or so. But how much does that matter? Is there something there schematically that Iowa State does well that has burnt KU? Well, it's tough for me to tell because you've had three different coaching staffs in that time span. 
so many different offenses, so many different offensive coordinators, so many different players and quarterbacks. So I'm not going to look too much into that, but it is in the back of my mind how bad last year was and that things, while they're so different for KU this year, it's it's hard to just wrap your head around, oh, but is are they 53 points better in this game? And I know it's not how it always works, but I'm trying to distance myself from it even though it is in the back of my head. By the way, could this be the Nebraska Bowl? Um, you know, in the latest bet online, I believe, coaching odds, it had Matt Campbell and Lance Leipold as the top two candidates for the job. Um, if I told you that the winner of this game would become the Nebraska head coach, would you want to lose if you're KU? Like, would you sacrifice the short term for the long term of still having Lance Leipold? I don't think you do. I think you focus on the wins right away and, and you let things play out from there. But, you know, certainly where you can see the map of everything that's going to happen, eh, might be kind of an interesting conversation there. All right, in just a moment, we are going to continue on with our preview of the KU-Iowa State game and look at some matchups that could dictate this game that maybe KU needs to perform well in to try to come out on top. And it is fun as part of these. Like in the past, in past years, it's always been, if KU does this well, they can be competitive. No, now we're getting to talk. If KU does this well, they can win the game. That in just a moment. This episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to spice up the college football season. It's super easy to log on. You create an account. You deposit your money, which I'm going to give you some opportunity to, to get some you know free money and stuff here in a second. Um, but you can do these pick'ems where you're picking like over-unders of games. So is this quarterback going to throw for this many yards, touchdowns, or whatever? And then you pick the next one. And the more you pick, the better odds you get. It's basically like building a parlay to win a bunch of money. My favorite, though, is doing the drafts. It's super fun, too. If it's like a Sunday night game you might not care about, and you're like, you know what, I'll join one of these three-player drafts, and we're just going to draft players off you know, the Sunday night and Monday night football game or just the Sunday night football game, or uh, we're going to come up with a one-week draft where you're not locked in if one of your fantasy teams isn't doing very good that season. How about this for the Chiefs-Buccaneers game, though, for instance, on the higher-lower one? I like the, let's do Clyde Edwards-Alaire under 43.5 rushing yards. Chiefs have struggled running the football, and there's a balance there anyway. Over 58.5 receiving yards for Juju Smith-Schuster. I got a good feeling. They're going to need to open up the passing game a little bit there. And under 289.5 passing yards for Patrick Mahomes. I guess, again, the Buccaneers have a really good defense. It might be tough sledding, moving the ball a little bit. And if you hit all three of those, then you're going to be you know, feeling good at six to one odds on whatever you put the bet in for. It's easy to play and available in over 30 states. Just pick between two and five players across any team, not just your team, and decide if they're going to finish higher or lower. One of the easiest fantasy to play games out there, and you can win cold, hard cash in a single game. Sign up with promo code Locked On, all one word, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Deposit 100 Get 100 free. Go to underdogfantasy.com or find the Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store and Google Play Store. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code Locked On. Get in on the college football pick'em action today. So FYI, we won't have a show coming out on Monday. I'm out of town this weekend, so I won't be back. So we'll, we'll have our first show come out on Tuesday, and we'll stack up. We'll still have five shows come out next week, whether we double down on a day or if we bring you one coming up on uh, next Saturday right before the TCU game is like a game day episode or something like that. But uh, if you're looking for the Monday episode for the recap of the game, I'm sorry, you're just going to have to be a little more patient and wait till the following day. So matchups for the game against Iowa State. The one matchup that sticks out to me the most, 
Andy Kotelnicki, the offensive coordinator for KU, versus John Heacock, the defensive coordinator for Iowa State. Both of these guys have been renowned for Andy Kotelnicki. It's been a revelation this year with what he's doing offensively for KU, being multiple and using KU's skill talents and running all these crazy plays and formations and motions and whatnot. And with Iowa State, they're basically what Kansas is on offense, being multiple. That's what they are defensively. They're multiple. They play like three down linemen. They play all these DBs. Yet the the beauty of their defense is you would think, oh, they're playing only you know three down linemen and three linebackers. They're going to be susceptible against the run. But consistently they have stopped the run. It's almost like this idea that they're they're tricking you into wanting to run the ball, but they set up these defenses well. When you look at things that have hurt the defense a little bit, it has been maybe athleticism on the outside or being able to hit them deep. Like you think of the, the game of names in 2019 against this defense. KU had really good skill talent on the outside and were able to – kind of throw it around a little bit on Iowa State. So can Jalen Daniels continue to do that, which we've shown so far he's been able to do in you know pretty big moments for KU. Can he do that consistently against a really good Iowa State defense? But the chess match that's going to be going on between those two guys is going to be awesome. And kind of an extension of that for the matchups, Jalen Daniels versus that Iowa State multiple defense. Like It's not just on Kotelnicki versus Heacock. How does Daniels adjust at the line of scrimmage? Does he make any audibles? Does he make the right reads? Does he get KU in the right positions? Or is he tricked by the Iowa State defense? That'll be kind of the key to the game. I think number one above everything else. I mentioned Iowa State likes to use a lot of tight ends in this game. You know who that could mean? Could have a big game or has an opportunity to, and they need to, is Craig Young. Craig Young is playing this linebacker, safety, DB kind of hybrid for KU. And if you have a team with a good tight end, he's perfect for that because he has the size of the tight end and he's probably faster than him. So if Iowa State wants to use some of these tight ends, put Craig Young on one of them, whichever one might be hurting you, and he might be the guy to try to blanket coverage them in the middle of the field. What about for number three? Can Lonnie Phelps take over the game? I don't mean just have a good game. Iowa State has struggled a bit in pass blocking this year. They've been a good run blocking unit. So KU needs to get to third downs and avoid those big runs or just being gashed on the ground in this game. And by the way, KU has low-key been pretty solid against the run so far this season, especially compared to last year. It hasn't even been close. But Iowa State, in terms of their offensive line, the interior has been better than the exterior. So the tackles have struggled more than the guards in the center. So it would also make sense that they're struggling more in pass blocking than run blocking because a lot of times pass blocking does come down to can you you know, block the edge defenders, whereas with run blocking, a lot of times you might be running up the middle of the field. But even then, the interior guys have struggled more in the pass than they have in the run kind of collectively. So that creates opportunities for the KU defensive line to get pass rush. Hunter Deckers, if you give him time, can eat you up. He's shown the talent to do that. But also, if you get pressure on him, he's shown the ability to turn the ball over maybe a little too much for what Iowa State wants to do. Can you get pass rush, force those turnovers, create those sacks, create that chaos, whatever it is? And for Lonnie Phelps, I circle this and say, this would be a great time for you to have a takeover game where you have two and a half sacks, where you have three tackles for loss, where you take over a game and really just throw a wrecking ball into the Iowa State offense. The next matchup I want to talk about is the KU offensive line versus that unique front of Iowa State. And when you look at the front, Will McDonald specifically, Will McDonald has over 30 career sacks. He's been an awesome pass rusher in the Big 12 for Iowa State here. Iowa State, though, overall, I mentioned they play just three down linemen, but they're able to stop the run anyway. They gave up just 1.1 yards before contact versus Baylor. 
So Baylor wasn't getting much of a push from the offensive line on those running plays. Iowa State was still able to kind of figure it out there. Um, so how can KU get a push? How can KU find a way to run the ball? And then in those passing situations, can you slow down Will McDonald and the pass rush of Iowa State? And specifically for McDonald, that means you need a big game for Earl Bostic or Bryce Cable do whichever side he lines up on. And for Bostic specifically, you want to be a pro, came back, you wanted to prove yourself and make it to the NFL, show out this game right here. The last matchup that I want to mention, this is more of just kind of a stat, but the, the turnover battle. Iowa State was minus two last week. Um, they have forced as many turnovers as anyone in the conference, but they've also turned it over just about as anyone in the conference. They're one of the bottom two in that regard in the Big 12. KU has to at least, I think, it be even in this game to have a chance at winning. If they can be positive, then I think you might like your chances to win this game if you're KU. And the turnover battle is always important, so that's a little bit cliche to talk about, but I did want to at least mention it here against a team who has done a good job forcing turnovers but has not done a great job at taking care of the ball on their own end of the field. In just a moment, we're going to get into our bet online segment of the week here. Take a look at the KU-Iowa State uh, line for this game and also take a look at where the odds sit for the current Big 12. The line for the KU-Iowa State game is sitting at Kansas plus three points. Also, if you want a money line at plus 130, I'd almost be more tempted to take them at money line. If you were getting three in the hook, if you get it at three and a half, I think I'd take the spread there because it covers you in that case. But if it's two and a half or if it's three, where I guess at three you're getting the push, you get your money back if they lose by three. I'd almost rather just take the money line and say they're going to win straight up and get the plus odds there. As far as the over-under, it being 58 in this game, I'm a little afraid of that. The first score that popped in my mind was like Iowa State 31, Kansas 28, something like that. So I guess that'd be slightly over. It just, that's not something I want to touch because you do have such the, I guess, alternatives of what these teams are. With KU, you are this elite offense. So they could easily put up, you know, 38 points and the over easily hits. Iowa State, though, has had a really good defense. So KU, what if they get held to 21 points and it's 24-21? Honestly, that's just kind of a number that I'm completely avoiding in this game. If you do want a over-under on the total to take, if you can find the team total for KU, should be going around 13.5 in the first half or second half, I'd be tempted by one of those bets in the game. Maybe the second half, because the first half, you might be adjusting a little bit to the defense, trying to figure it out. Second half, maybe you'd be more comfortable in the game. Now, the odds to win the Big 12 are interesting right now. Baylor at 3-1 to one has moved to the favorite in the conference. I think this speaks to the uncertainty here. Oklahoma and Kansas State are tied second at 4-1. to one. I think that was more of just a outburst for K-State. I still think they're a 7-8 or eight win team. I think I still said that after the Tulane game, but I don't think they're going to win the conference. Oklahoma State at plus 425 is kind of interesting. Haven't really played anyone. I do think Oklahoma's going to be fine. They've shown this in the past. They lose to K-State, and then they reel a bunch of wins off after that. Texas at 8-1. to one. Stay away from that. TCU at 10-1. to one. Great offense. I mean, Kansas and TCU are both top three in the country in yards per play right now. So, by the way, that game in whatever, a week and a half, absolute fireworks. Excited for that. But the defense, not very good. I would not be taking TCU to win the conference. Texas Tech at 18-1. to No, thank you. Iowa State at 40-1. to I was intrigued by them before the Baylor game, but I guess you might be able to find some value there. West Virginia, 50-1. to Kansas, by the way, is 18-1. to they opened the season at 250 to 1. That shows how much of a jump they have made over the course of the season, now down to 18 to 1 on the year to win the Big 12. If you're confident they're going to beat the West or uh, beat Iowa State this week and TCU next week, honestly, 
I would say probably put some scratch on that bet. I think that might be smart if you think they're going to win these next two games. Because at that point, you're 6-0. and At that point, you're looking at if you can go 3-3 three and three down the final six games with as open as the Big 12 appears to be. Like, 6-3 and three in conference play might do enough to get you in the Big 12 conference championship if you have the right 6-3 and three with the right tiebreakers. In fact, I kind of think it will. So if you're confident they're going to win both games, I think that's your better bet than just picking KU to win both Moneyline or something like that. Um, but I would be hesitant because of the Iowa State game. So uh, I'm going to wait till after this week till I would put anything on the Big 12 ones. But again, if you're confident they're going to win both, maybe go for it if you want. Coming up on, on uh, the next show, once again, we're not going to have a show, I would think, on Monday. I'm going to be out of town, flying back and whatnot, so I don't think we're going to have one out Monday, but it should be Tuesday. We'll recap whatever happens in the KU-Iowa State game. We'll continue on with our uh, weekly conversations with Scott Chasen later in the week and whatnot. If you have anything you'd like for the show to talk about or want to follow along in the action, you can reach out at D Johnson Radio on Twitter. And don't forget to subscribe to the show so you're getting all the latest with Locked on Jayhawks. That'll do it for today's episode. Have a good rest of your day. I'll see you some of you on Rock Chalk Sports Talk later today to continue the KU Iowa State Talk. Till then, later.